Hey, this is Jeff and John. We're from the other side of the pulpit. I'm Jeff. He's John. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a preacher's kid. I'm a preacher with kids. And we get, like to get together and talk about the Bible. We love to get into b- debates. And at the end of the day, we love each other. And uh, so we don't get upset. And uh, I will say this, that uh, um, sometimes we, uh, we correct each other because I'm bad about saying my opinion and, he, and he's bad about telling me God didn't put my opinion in the Bible. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Wait a minute, you started that. <laughs> so anyway, uh, now I got plenty to talk right now. Um, so we're going to get started. Let me open with prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you, Father, for anyone that would take the time to listen to this podcast, Lord, that they might grow stronger in their faith in you and, Lord, desire to study your word more. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So what you got for us today, Johnny? I don't have anything. I don't have anything. You don't have anything? Nothing. Nothing at all? Nothing. We don't know what we're going to talk about? Nothing. Other, I, I, unless you want to talk about what I was sitting here thinking about this morning for about an hour and a half. Depends on what you were thinking about. Talk about Paul. Okay. How arrogant and blasphemous he is. Yeah. We can. I, I don't know how you. I mean, I, I really don't know how you completely how you feel about Paul, but I believe that the majority of people don't realize they've been following the teachings of Paul their whole life. Every every witnessing tool that you have takes you through the book of Romans for the Romans Road or some kind of or some of the scriptures that Paul uses to talk about um, salvation, eternal life. So I think Paul is his teachings are are pretty much the critical point of how we get to know Jesus as our Savior. I think I think Following his teachings is like following breadcrumbs to Christ. Really? Mm-hmm. That's the way to put it, not necessarily the best way to put it. Huh? In case y'all were wondering, I'm eating a zebra cake. I'm not. No. I'm eating a Swiss roll. No, you've already eaten it. <laughs> but does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, absolutely it does. See... I think where you and I disagree is how we present what we believe. Well, and, and, and the reason why is because you say <coughs> follow Paul. And in my mind, when you say follow Paul, I feel like people are going to look at Paul over where Paul's taking you, if that makes sense. You got preacher religion, and you got there's. I had a discussion with a guy that said that Peter had the key. God gave Jesus gave Peter the keys to the church, and so that we're supposed to follow Peter. And what Peter says trumps what God says because Peter has the keys to the church, and we're the church. Well, and if you're in the Catholic Church, then Peter's your first pope. Yeah, but he's. But I'm. I'm talking about this guy is not, he's, he's, uh, I don't know, I don't know which denomination he is, but it's one of them that speaks in tongues and you can lose your salvation and all that. 
That could be one of the dozen, actually. That's why I say I can't remember which one it is. But he told me, he flat told me, he goes, no, you, he goes, he goes, you're supposed to be, Peter says, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. And that, and Jesus is the only name given him. So that's the name that you're supposed to be baptized in. And he said, you, I said, what about the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost? He goes, no. Peter didn't say that. Peter's got the keys of the church. We're supposed to follow Peter. I said, what about what Jesus says? And and he said, uh, when Jesus gave Peter the keys to the church, we're supposed to follow everything Peter says. And so he doesn't care about anything but following what Peter says. And that's why I feel like we need to talk about the teachings of Paul and how the teachings of Paul lead us to Christ. Because if you... I don't want people to get confused with who the Savior is. And I believe this guy is confused by the by the way he was taught. I believe he is confused by who the Savior truly is. Yeah. Uh, well. And I think it's easily confusing. When, when you go back and you look at the comparison between Peter and Paul and Acts, what you see is Peter is the apostle. He's the leader. He's the whatever you want to call it. The dean, the deacon, the... Mm-hmm. Hold the, the higher, whatever whatever of the church of the Jewish church. Mm-hmm. Now, these are Jewish believers, mm. these are Jewish believers that believed that Jesus was the Messiah, mm-hmm. that he was their coming king, mm-hmm. but they rejected him as a whole because of who he physically was mm-hmm. and where he came from. Mm-hmm. Okay, Peter's in charge of that Jerusalem church, that church that was scattered at the stone in the Stephen that went in, you know, into all of the. Uh, but Paul, when you get down to the church of the Gentiles, mm-hmm. Paul is the apostle to the church of the Gentiles, mm-hmm. which is two completely different churches, but mm-hmm. yet at the same time they're united in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree. Uh, Everything you say is is scriptural. I mean, you're following the Word of God. Well, well, I think what you and I, what we go back and forth on a lot of times is I was thinking about this too in comparison this morning. Uh, When you look at our Constitution Mm -hmm. of the United States of America, Mm -hmm. that's less than 300 years old, Mm -hmm. okay? How can you take the exact same wording of that Constitution in one era, and it means one thing, and you come up into another era and not change a single word. It is word for word, but yet the meaning of it now is completely different than when it was written. I'll tell you how. People want to change it. They want to change it to suit them. Yes. Um, Which is what they do with the Word of God. And and I'm I'm working with a youth now on Sunday school and... and, um, and I blew their minds last week when uh, I told them that when God spoke into the existence of the world and every all His creations, if you follow creation and and how He spoke, you know, He, he yeah. said, "Let there be light. Let there be this. Let there be that." Um, somebody goes, "Did He speak English?" I said, "No." They said, "Why not?" I said, "Because we didn't exist." Mm-hmm. I said, do y'all realize that, that we're only, you know, what, about 300 years old, roughly? And uh, they said, they kind of looked at me and said, do you realize there's buildings in other countries that are older than our country? Yeah. 
And they kind of, they didn't realize that. I said, if you go over to Europe, I said, those, the buildings over there are older than our country is. Mm -hmm. And they just could not believe that. They just blew their mind. I said, and the, the English language was not writ, was not around when God created the heavens and the earth. I said, that's, and, and the, the, the thing is, is people want to say, the problem is with the Constitution and with the Bible is people want to read it in today's terminology. And you can't. You've got to know when it was written. You got yeah. you go yeah. back to yeah. the founding fathers of the Constitution and you read the Constitution and you go, okay, this is what they were talking about because this is what this meant in that day. Yeah. And you you look in the book of James and it says it says when someone comes in with gay apparel. Um mm -hmm. that's translated from the Greek and Hebrew into English mm -hmm. and actually that's the revised version of the English language the gay apparel mm -hmm. and it's not talking about anything to do with homosexuality it was talking about um, being dressed up and fancy kind of thing yeah. Yeah. and so when people well, well even today I mean when you come up and there's certain Christmas songs that, you, that, that are sung now where we done, we now are gay apparel. It means festive. It has yes, nothing to do exactly. with, a, with a, a lifestyle. Right. And and so when somebody's reading today and they read that, then they, they look at it, they look back at it and go, oh. So I was taught at an early age when I was reading through there, and, the, and it says, and Balaam uh, uh, got upon his ass, and they went, and we all went, ooh. And all the kids in the church snickered, yeah. And, uh, the teacher looked and said, that is a jackass. Mm -hmm. And they called them an ass back then. And somewhere along the way, they added the term jack. And, um, but he is, but that is what they, that, that is their name. They're an ass. Mm -hmm. And um, we have changed the words. And when I came to Reed's Chapel, I stunned everybody. Because uh, I'd say hell in front of the people, and they go, "What?" I go, "You know, hell's a place." I didn't tell anybody to go to hell. I wasn't, I wasn't using it in an inappropriate way, but I made, I got up there in the pulpit one day and said, "Okay, everybody say hell." And <laughs> look, they just kind of looked at me and said, "Everybody say hell," and they, and you can barely, barely. I say, "Say it like you mean it." I said, "You need to know." That it's not a cuss word, it's a place. It's a place. It's a place. It is real. It's a place. It's a place. But see that and 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 this is where the problem comes in, John. We have gotten to where we have changed everything so that that it is that we've weakened a lot of the stuff, we've changed things, we've made it mean what we want it to mean. And that's why I want I I I'm a hundred percent in agreement. Go back and let's let's teach it the way it needs to be taught. Mm -hmm. And but see, I don't think that anybody should look at Peter and go, Peter is that we. I, I think that when when we put, I feel like part of the reason why the we don't have the authority that the apostles had is because it we would take that and people would look at us instead of God, yeah. and that's. 
That's key. Well, that is which, really key. Which comes into the signs and wonders things that everybody's caught up in. It, it's, yeah. it's ecstatic. It's mm-hmm. uh, phenomenal. It's mm-hmm. uh, exciting, and you know, it, it, it teases your emotions and things like that. And, and this is this is one reason. Jeff, the deeper I get into Paul's letters, the more I realize that what Paul says, Paul is speaking not to the Jewish people that Peter and the apostles were sent to, that Christ came to. Right. Paul is speaking to a completely different group of people mm-hmm. that had absolutely nothing to do with that system. Correct. If that if there was a Gentile that had left their Gentile heritage and and gone into the Jewish family and married into the Jewish family and and a, and took on that Jewish relationship mm-hmm. and if it was a guy and he married a woman and he was circumcised and all that he was following that Jewish thing Paul wasn't talking to him. No. <laughs> Paul was talking. To, <laughs> Paul was talking to these other people. Um, but because he had already, you know, somebody else had already started following God, he was talking. And and don't get me wrong, I believe I believe that there's that that grace covers everybody. Well, you you but, brought that up. You brought that up. You go back and look at Ruth. Mm-hmm. Look at Ruth. Yeah. Now we're under the Old Testament law system. Mm-hmm. Ruth was a Moabitess. Yeah. That was forbidden for a Moabite to come into the family of Israel. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened? Naomi's Naomi's sons married outside the Jewish religion, mm-hmm. which brought Ruth into the family. Mm-hmm. But Ruth came into the family. She realized what the family was and loved that family and loved her mother-in-law so much that she was willing to submit and to give up her old way of life, the mm-hmm. old Moabite's way of life, which is why she was it, it, she was able to marry into the family that Christ came through. Christ mm-hmm. came through the lineage of Ruth. Yep. How did he, how did she do that? Who'd she marry? Boaz. Boaz. Who was Boaz? He was a Jew. Therefore, she inherited everything that, that Naomi had, mm-hmm. everything that was in that Jewish lineage. That's how Ruth, who was not a Jew, a Gentile, came in to be a part of that. Yes. Which is how we come into the faith. Yep. But now, if you look at the if you look at the uh, the lineage of Jesus. And you start looking at the lineage of Jesus, you realize that that Ruth and Rahab mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, David, uh, Ruth and Rahab were not Jewish people, but they were in the lineage of Jesus. They were in the lineage of Christ. Absolutely. And and so Rahab, the harlot, and I look at, and then you got David, who, who Saul, Solomon is in the lineage. And he is from Bathsheba. Bathsheba was a Jew, yeah. but it's also she's the one. He's the one. But she's the one that David had an affair with and broke every commandment a couple of times. Yeah. You know, he killed somebody by cheese. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so and and I feel like when you look in the lineage of Jesus, you see all these imperfections and all this other stuff. This, all these other people that are in the lineage of Jesus, yeah. and I feel like that's a good example of God. If Jesus came for everybody, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good example of the fact that you know you're not you. It, it doesn't matter if you're a prostitute or if you're um, if if you were the enemy of 
Christians or if you were whatever, it all that's irrelevant. Yeah. God came. God sent His Son for you. And, yeah. And and yeah. Uh, but uh, and and I believe with all my heart that Paul came for a different. To, he, in that day, see, and this is and this is something he was not speaking to the people in the United States when he wrote. He was Absolutely he was literally not. writing Absolutely letters to not. Romans and Corinth and Galatia and. Ephesus and all that. He was literally writing letters to them and talking to them. But in that, he was showing all them how to get Christ, and it shows us how to get Christ, mm-hmm. how to receive Christ. Well, let me, so let me let me point you to this real quick before okay. I forget it, because this is just one that, and and this is a problem that I have because I've got so many, not necessarily different versions, but I got so many Bibles that have got so much different stuff marked that that pertain to different things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why I have a hard time finding stuff a lot. Right, I understand. Uh, Alright, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Mm-hmm. And this, this this is why I made the first comment about Paul. And and, it, and I'm sitting here and I'm going over through these things because I continually see these things. I continually see where Paul says, I have laid the foundation. Well, what foundation did he lay? He laid the foundation for the Gentile church. Who's he talking to? How did it? Well, that, I was about to get to that. Okay, go ahead. All right. How did he get to that? He got to that because Paul was called to be the apostle to the Gentiles mm-hmm. because the Gentiles were shut out of the Jewish church. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's how he laid that foundation for the for the Gentiles to come in. Mm-hmm. And what was that foundation when he said he laid it? Scripture says it. It's plain. I laid the foundation, and that foundation is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And Him crucified. doesn't say that. But it does say that I build on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Now it does say in, in 1 Corinthians 11, it just starts the first verse out. And, he's, and what does Paul say? Imitate me. Imitate me, Paul. Imitate me. Alright, but how do, how do we imitate Paul, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's Paul following Christ. But as a Gentile, we cannot come to Christ unless we know how to come as Gentiles, not as Jews. We right. can't come as Jews. Right. You know, at, at this point in time when this was written, we could not come. The Gentiles could could not come to oh, Christ as a Jew. Uh, yeah, they had a place in the temple. They The only way they were allowed to come in is if they married, which was very few and far between, marrying into it. And it was it was almost... Um, I mean, it was that was really a, a shunned thing. It was almost, when you married in, it was almost like you were... Um, you would fi- find it, but but it wasn't... It wasn't the whole deal. Is you're right that 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 that's the way Gentiles came mm-hmm. in, but at the same time, he was talking about he wasn't talking about follow him in the sense of keep your eyes on me. But this is the way as a Gentile you have to receive Christ. Exactly. Now, which is the teachings of Paul. Well, well, <laughs> you see, I but, mean, but one of the differences that Paul teaches, and Paul is the one that brings this in. Paul is the one that teaches this, 
is Paul's teaching to live in the spirit, mm-hmm. not in the letter. Right. Not right. a mingling of the letter. Correct. Paul is teaching to live in the spirit and in in, in grace. That that's how we as Gentiles mm-hmm. come in. We didn't come in by covenant. We came in by grace. Correct. We came in because God said, in my grace, I'm going to allow you to come and I'm going to provide the way for you to do it. Well, Paul understood that. How could Paul understand it? Because Paul was a Roman citizen. Correct. Not only was he a Jew, he was a Roman citizen. So he had dual citizenship. Mm -hmm. Just like when you go back and you look at Moses. What was Moses? Moses was raised in the... the, the, Mm -hmm. Not Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's. I was trying to say Pharaoh, but it was coming out. I know, Pharisee. He, he was raised in the Pharaoh's. Oh, house. absolutely. Yes. So he knew all their ways, even right. though he was a Jew. Yes. So who better to lead the children of Israel out and know the ways? Oh, absolutely. Than Moses. Well, mm-hmm. who better to lead the Gentiles into Christ than Paul? Right. And that's Paul. God even tells Ananias, "Hey, he's the one I'm going to get to lead he's the, one the, I'm the get. Gentiles." He's, he's going to be the one that reaches out to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. If you read about Paul and, 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 uh, and his, his road to Damascus um, experience, and that's why people, people go, well, you have to have a road to Damascus experience. No, you don't. No, you don't. No. That's the, the road to Damascus got Paul where he could talk to him. You don't, and I've been told by people, look, I've been told by people that you, that um, that you're not going to receive Christ until you until you hit rock bottom. I'm going no, that's no. not that's not right. Now, Who told point, me? At some point in time, you will hit rock bottom. It, well, you might. Oh, what well, well, define rock bottom? At some point in time, you're going to have the rug snatched out from under you. When, when, but, when I say rock bottom, but okay. now he said, I was going to say, let's define rock bottom that, because this guy was telling me that he goes, you've got, he said, uh, you know, I'll show you how smart I am in a minute. Okay, go ahead. He said he's basically <laughs> saying that that, and and I guess you could could look at it this way, Duh. but he he was basically saying that that you're going to run from God till you can't find any other place to go, and then and and when you're down, you know, broken and and not just broke, but he was talking like everybody's going to, you know, to to get to be a Christian, you've got to go completely a hundred. You've got to grovel. Yes, kind of thing. And I'm yeah. like, no, 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 no. God didn't. God didn't do this. You know. So my kids grew up in the church. They don't know what rock bottom is. You know what I'm saying? I do. You know they 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 grew up knowing God and knowing that God loves them and see to me hitting rock bottom is is actually kind of running away from but the way he was describing it to me and I think you know everybody finds has to has to realize that they need Christ to get into heaven. I'm so smart. What's that? Go ahead. You go ahead. You get. Oh. You found what you're looking for? Yeah, I had it right here with me all the time. Duh. <laughs> and I was sitting over here rambling looking for it, and there it was, right? Later on, too. Oh, when. And this is, this is that point that you and I. We haven't gotten to this point yet in discussing this about what repentance is and what true repentance mm-hmm. is. True, true repentance comes 
when you hit that rock bottom point in your life where you realize what a sinner you are. Yeah. And, and, how, de- and that's, how destitute... You may not be broken financially, morally, and all that. Right. You may be... Right. But, and that's the difference between what you... What, what reality is and what this yeah. guy was telling. This There's guy was talking like you had to... You had to be destitute, so to speak. Yeah. Go ahead. You you realize that there's something extremely important that's missing in your life mm-hmm. that you cannot find in anything else. Yes. You come to that point, and, and, and most most of us come to that point to where it's we're alone sometime at some point, mm-hmm. and we look around and and just like I'll compare this. I'm going back to the Old Testament now. I compare this back. You know where I'm going. I'm, I'm waiting. Who's the wisest man? Me. I mean Solomon. <laughs> In the book of Ecclesiastes, mm-hmm. what did Solomon do? Solomon had the world. Mm-hmm. He had everything. Mm-hmm. And I mean literally. Mm-hmm. He was the richest man. He was the wisest man. He uh, he he had every material possession mm-hmm. a person could possibly have. But what was wrong in Solomon's life? Something was missing. Something was missing. Mm-hmm. And he had looked for it everywhere else. Mm-hmm. And couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. That's the whole book of Ecclesiastes is his search. Yep. Vanity among vanities, all's vanity. Mm-hmm. That's that's that point of repentance that you come to, that you realize that the only answer to that problem is what's in this book yes. right here. Uh, yes, you have to come to that realization. And and I think Paul says it best when he says for all have said it comes short of the glory. All, and that's the point that Paul is trying to make. That's why he takes the first three chapters and leads you into that. First two, it tells you exactly that there is none righteous. Mm-hmm. None. No, yeah. not one. Then he, t- right. then he tells you how we have been made righteous yeah. and how we must get into that righteousness. See, and there's so many people that, that stop with there's none righteous, no, not one. And... Uh, then they go. There's nobody righteous. You're not righteous. And I'm going. Wait a minute. You got to finish. You got to finish studying it, folks. Got to finish studying. Paul is absolutely 100 percent right when he says that. Mm-hmm. The problem is people people stop right there because it's 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 the Baptist way. If we can, if uh, there's none, no one's righteous. There's none. None of you all are righteous. And you're sitting there going, Well, I'm not. But the day I receive Jesus as my Savior. He that's what he does. As human beings, there is none righteous. Correct. As children of God, that's what it, That's what Paul talks about mm-hmm. when it says he makes all things new. Yes. That's what he talks about in Corinthians. That's what when you come up to, to uh first Corinthians five twenty one, that's when he's that's when he's explaining. This is why I keep going back to Paul. That's what he explains. That uh we have all been Made, it, it's been made available to us the righteousness of God. Yes. And how is that righteousness made? It's made in Christ. Mm-hmm. Why? Because He was made sin for us. Yes. He took all of the wrath of sin yes. for us. Yes. God saw Him as sin mm-hmm. in that human body, in that perfect sacrificial lamb, mm-hmm. and, and poured His wrath out on that physical body. Mm-hmm. And shed that blood. That's, that's how we have access to the righteousness of God. It's through Christ. That's why in the Garden of Gethsemane, He says, 
if there's any other way to pass this cup, the cup, the cup that he's talking about, if you go back, I want to say it's in Isaiah, when he pours out the wrath of God, pours Mm -hmm. out, that's the cup he's talking about, is that wrath of God that he's going to have to take. And he's taking the wrath of God for our sins. Yeah, exactly. And that's what, when we become new, that's what we're... No, as humans, we're not righteous. No, we're not. Mm-mm. But He makes us new. And and we're still living in this world. We're still in a fleshly body. Yes, so we don't and come Paul to... talks about this earthly vessel yes, that we still live and in. that's... Look, that corruption in 15... Uh, I think it's around 51 or something. talks about flesh and blood cannot enter... Um, Enter into the heaven. Yeah. It talks about corruption yeah. and incorruption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we cannot the this body and this worldly uh, the world that we live in cannot inherit the kingdom of God. We will we will not be the same in heaven as we are here. Right. Because the, we we can't this this corruption can't inherit incorruption. I, I'm go ahead. I'm listening. Yeah. I'm just. I'm, I mean, I'm dead on it. I, I mean, that, you are yeah. absolutely correct on that. That's why I absolutely say correct. the the only thing you and I disagree on is the verbiage of yeah. follow Paul, follow Paul's teachings. Right. That's the only that that that's where you and I are separated, and we're saying the same thing. I'm saying tomato. You're saying tomato, or you're saying potato. I'm saying potato. Well, I, in 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 there's a song I, about I, that. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're crazy. <laughs> but but you see, this is what Paul's teaching the 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 Gentiles in that day that hey, you got to give up all these other gods, and this is how you this is where you go, and this is what this is how you walk. This is what you're supposed to be doing. This is what I've taught you, and I've sat down with my kids and said, haven't I told you this? Didn't I teach you this? Didn't I show you this? And I, uh yeah, but uh yeah, mm-hmm. I'm like, well then you know, what's your problem? Exactly, exactly. Well, and and I think I, I think the the I'm looking at it from a spiritual scriptural, from what it says. You're looking at it from a thought process, from an explanatory explanation. I, it's kind of like when we were talking about the uh, the Constitution and how it's changed. Mm-hmm. The words are exactly the same. Yeah, people have changed the words. People have changed the words. And that, and I guess you look. I guess you're right. I look at it that way because of how I've got to teach other people. But I look at the entire everything. Everything we do is. People have labeled sin like if you drink alcohol, that's a sin. If you have committed adultery, that's a sin. If you are homosexual, that's a sin. If you believe in witchcraft, that's a sin. If you believe, the, and, we, and truth, truthfully, yes. If you're, the Bible talks about drunkards, and the Bible talks about adultery and homosexuality and all that. But here's the thing: this is where this is where it becomes a, why I do. I try to. I I feel like I do think about it in the process but also think about it spiritually mm-hmm. every decision we make is is spiritual mm-hmm. we can we can follow God and and say it with our mi- mouth mm-hmm. and our minds and know and understand mm-hmm. 
But at the end of the day, we can put other things that are not ungodly in front of God, making them ungodly. And that's the spiritual aspect of it. Um, Which is what Paul brings everybody back to. He brings everybody back to that spirit because the Jews didn't have the spirit to live Mm -hmm. within them. And it it doesn't have to be an object. It can be anything. It can be... um, it can, you know, we talk about kids or parents or spouses or friends or you know our vehicles or whatever that we that we have an unhealthy relationship mm-hmm. with. But but um, me and me and Stephanie was talking about Donald Trump this morning, and uh, somebody had put on Facebook about I wish I had a dollar eighty nine uh, gas and and uh, this and this and this and a mean tweet. And I said, you know, Donald Trump went wrong when he started being. His arrogance. His arrogance. His Absolutely. arrogance got in the way of his leadership. Absolutely. And when he when he was too busy putting everybody else down, he was dividing them even farther. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes we get that way within ourselves mm-hmm. of feeling like, hey, I can do this without God, or I know this, or I know better. I'm and and we can divide our, uh, we can separate ourselves away from God, mm-hmm. and that's an, and another thing. The reason why I don't like saying follow Paul is because so many people have preacher religion that whatever their pastor says yep. is gospel. It doesn't matter what it is; it's the, it's the gospel. You do. There, you probably remember in the news several years back there was a there was a pastor, and I want to say it was in Atlanta that had uh, convinced one of the ladies in his church that was a married lady that her gift that God gave her and her job for Christ was to satisfy the pastor sexually. You do realize that Paul wrote these two letters to a church mm-hmm. in Corinth that during the daytime, these these women were temple priestesses. Mm-hmm. They served the temple. Mm-hmm. At night, they were prostitutes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's the same deal right there. Yes. They came in in the daytime and they served the temple with you know, with all the, the accoutrements that go along with that, the washing of vessels and taking care of the temple. And at night, they were temple prostitutes specifically for the purpose of serving the male. That's why Paul goes into it. He goes into it. Mm-hmm. He goes into it. That gentle, that you, listen, you guys are having immorality in your church. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. He talks about that, and he goes directly into it, and he gets pretty explicit about it. Yes, and that's and that's I guess the reason why I'm looking at it going. You know, we cannot people. We're so far away from Paul and Peter and 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 Matthew, Mark, and all them, and and so far away from the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ in society mm-hmm. that we have to be careful how we word things mm-hmm. because people will take it the wrong way mm-hmm. and start idolizing others instead of God. Mm-hmm. And that and and that's that's where I, I am. But I I feel like it's I feel like it's as a spiritual thing as it is a mental thing. You can know God in your mind and not know God spiritually. But you got to have him spiritually, so which is what Paul's talking about. Yes, that's exactly what he's. 
Because see, and, and let me, we got to finish this thing up, but I'm going to come back to this because these are the things that I kept repetitively seeing over and over and mm-hmm. over again when I go through Paul's epistles. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, is, this is another one. Paul says, First uh, Corinthians 4.16, Therefore I urge you, imitate me. Don't say imitate Christ. He's imitate me. But you know, right, come back. people today can't imitate Paul because they can't see Paul. They can't see Paul. How right, do you come, imitate Paul? Come back to that's come, why. That's why we have to follow the teachings of Paul. This this is exactly one of the ones that comes right back to that. All right, comes back to three. Just back up one chapter, verse uh, chapter three, uh, verse ten. According to the grace of God which was given to me. Mm-hmm. What was that grace of God? It was that message of grace to the Gentiles that came through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Mm-hmm. All right. According to the grace of God, it was given to me as a wise master builder. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. have laid the foundation. Mm-hmm. Now, what foundation was that? The foundation of the Gentile church. Mm-hmm. And what did he lay the foundation on? He says, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Paul laid the foundation for the Gentile church, and that foundation was Jesus Christ. His death, burial, and resurrection. His grace extended to he us. Was showing, he, he was showing them. That's exactly right. Word about that. Here's the foundation. The foundation he is Jesus Christ. But he didn't do it. Christ did it. Exactly. Christ was the foundation. And that's why I say we follow Christ through the teachings of Paul. Through the teachings of Paul. That's what I've said all along. Which is what which is what today's modern church has gotten away from. Oh, absolutely. But they have, but they haven't. And they don't know it. They have they've gotten away from it in in, in part of, in one sense. But but you ask somebody how to get to heaven, and they'll tell you through the Roman road. I mean, you see what I'm saying? Like I they do. they follow the, Refor- the Reformation doctrine does it. The the uh, Seven Day Adventist does it. Mm-hmm. Basically, when you go back and you look at the Mormons, basically they do it. They start there. Yeah, but the Mormons the Roman, are cold. <laughs> they're cold. They got that's what I'm saying though. Uh, the the Roman Catholic Church does it. Mm-hmm. And see. Um, it goes on and on. Modern Christianity, so-called, that is the very basic core of everything, and then they build around it. This is what Paul's talking about. Be careful how you build on the foundation. Yeah, that's that's why you take everything back. That's exactly to the, right. To the teachings that Paul had. That's exactly right. That's why I am so adamant about Paul. Because, Jeff, I've, come right. through, I've, I've lived in this Baptist... Oh. Right, but here's here's and here's what where I, I mean I agree with you. Don't get me wrong, I agree with you. Me and Stephanie were talking about this the other day. She we were talking about this, and she and she's like, yeah, absolutely. And uh, but here's here's the difference between what you're saying and what I'm saying. You say you have to follow Paul, and I go, you're putting too much emphasis on the man. I'm putting all the emphasis on where he's. How you you follow him to get to Christ? So I, I that's why I say you have to follow the teachings of Paul. You've got to follow Paul, but Paul, if you follow Paul, is going to lead you to Christ. Yes, but 
He's not going to lead you to Peter. Oh, I agree. He's not going to lead you to John. He's but, not going to lead you to any. He's going to lead you to Too much emphasis on Paul is the same way the Catholic Church has put too much emphasis on Peter. I, I, Jeff, I think this is just does my. It, I'm, I know. Does my, that, do you see where I'm coming oh, I from? Do. I do. Yeah. And and they say that Peter was the first pope. Mm-hmm. No. That's, but but that's because they that's that's because they did not keep with the teachings that pointed to Christ. They stopped at the man, and that's why I say follow the teachings of Paul to Christ instead of you've got to follow Paul. Because when you say you got to follow Paul, people it, it confuses people it because they don't know. And that's a semantics thing. I know. That's what I said. I know. The, the, what we disagree <laughs> on is the verbiage of what we're saying. We agree on all that. Everything that you said, I agree totally on. Are y'all taking notes on this? It's just, I mean, and you agree with everything I was saying. Absolutely. The only difference is 300 years later, they've changed the word. Mm-hmm. If we don't be careful, people will focus more on Paul than Christ. And I don't want to ever take anything off Christ. Well, and you talk about that and it's just like everybody's followed Moses. What did the Jewish people do? What was it they kept going back and what did they keep when, accusing when Moses Jesus? was up on the when Moses was up on the mountain, what did they do? We don't have a leader. God they took their focus off of God being their leader and they put it on Moses being their leader. And Paul explains it. I know. And I, I'm just saying. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying it's all right there in front of us. But the the whole the whole point is that you're right, and you are too. That, yeah, <laughs> it's you got to follow the teachings of Paul to get to Christ. Yeah. But we don't. I don't want anybody to ever stop at Paul. No. And Paul no. was if Paul was standing right here, he go don't don't stop at me. I I, I, I found out you can't if if you follow Paul's teachings. If you follow Paul's. You can't stop it. Paul's not going to let you stop it, Paul. But that's that's the problem with people. They'll stop following the teaching to follow the man. Uh, yep. Yep. A, a good pastor's teaching is is taking you to to get you closer to God. But too often people stop at the pulpit yeah. and they quit looking to God. Yeah. And that, that I should be able to leave this church. And this church should function as a godly unit like without would. a pastor. Yeah, exactly. And that's been my goal from day one is to get that church spiritually so that they don't need a pastor that, to, to idolize, but, they, that, but they've got a head to, to lead them. And that's what Paul, Paul was the head that led, led the people. All right, go close in prayer. Over, yeah. Sorry about this, folks. Father, thank you today. Thank you for the discussions that we have. I thank you for the fact that, that you show us Mm-hmm. Each other, yes. Oh, uh, and in doing so, that we're able to show people outside of this. That's why we call yes. this other side of the pulpit. Yes, that we're men. We have different ways of looking at things, but yet if we follow what the Scripture says, we're always going to come back to that mm-hmm. very rock, that foundation, and that's you. Mm-hmm. Father, thank you for the opportunity, and thank you for this this message, and thank you for your word. Go us through our week. Keep our hearts and our minds focused on you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.